Hi, and welcome to this episode of the Projected Opinions Podcast, the best movie podcast in under 20 minutes. My name is Matt Noble. And I'm Nathan Payne. And today, we're going to bring you an episode all about Black Panther. So first of all, Nathan, what is your reaction in under a minute? In under a minute, it didn't feel like a Marvel movie in the same way that other Marvel movies have. Um, And it had, I don't know, I enjoyed the ride while I was there. It was interesting because I didn't know what it was going to do. Yeah, my reaction was uh, similar. It did not. I walked out feeling like I hadn't seen a, a, a normal Marvel movie. Uh, I thought it was a surprisingly interesting uh, but long movie. It was one of the longer movies, and uh, and thought that it carried itself well. Had good pacing throughout. Uh, some really fun new characters, and I'm excited about uh, seeing Black Panther and his cohorts in the upcoming uh, Avengers. Uh, Infinity, Infinity War. War. Infinity War One. Yeah. Uh, so first, let's talk about what we loved. So we want to dive into a little bit more about what you loved about the story. Um, I enjoyed. Okay, this is going to be a controversial uh, statement. Spoiler warning for those of you that have never joined us before. We're going to act like you've seen the movie. So if you haven't, get out now. Um, I liked the humor. Now, I'm going to have one caveat. There's one joke near the beginning of the film. And if you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. It's the what are those joke? Like, oh my gosh, that was forced. Beyond that... I really like that joke. I just... I facepalmed in the theater. But beyond that, Marvel, in my opinion, has had a problem with humor. And the problem is they punchline all of their serious emotional beats with a joke. Some of the worst movies at this are Guardians 2 and Spider-Man. It's some of the reasons that I didn't really like them because the emotional... Also Thor Ragnarok. Thor Ragnarok 2, but at that point I had just recognized that they didn't intend to have any seriousness in that that movie at all. Hmm. Um, And Black Panther didn't really do that. It's... It's deep, personal, emotional moments sat by themselves, and the humor was reserved for parts that were meant to be humorous, and I really, really appreciate that, because it sucks when you have a great character moment, they learn their lesson, joke, and it just takes you right out, Um, and I really appreciated that their characters learned things and got told off, and it sat, and they didn't punchline it. I think that's a great point. Um, a lot of times you cripple a movie's emotional depth by making light of it or something else um, immediately after or before. It can just feel really un- uncomfortable, um, which is why they, they do it a lot of times. It's, it's a, almost as if um, they expect audiences to not be able to comprehend or handle uh, depth of emotion or character development and in order to make those people feel more comfortable they undercut it with a joke which uh, ruins it for the rest of us uh, who actually care about really good story really good character development and uh, and dealing with poignant moments uh, because there's so many of those in, in real life when you actually see something mimic that in a story on a film then I think you do what um, Roger Ebert used to always emphasize uh, with film and that is uh, you create uh, an, empathize mach- uh, an empathy machine, which allows you to connect with other human beings better. So um, I thought 
as far as humor and balance with regards to seriousness and uh, laughter and um, all those tensions, I thought they did a great job and develop really interesting characters. These are these are characters that you could tell continue to have more depth outside of the story that they gave us, despite um, th it only being the first film. I thought it was the best first movie that we've seen from Marvel, maybe even including the first Iron Man. Like, that was a, a decent movie, but I think it doesn't hold up as well if we look back at it. Uh, this is a great introduction to new characters and new story. It is. I would agree with you there. So overall, I don't I didn't think there were any... There was a, a couple things that we can get to and things that we don't love with regards to the story that I kind of want to nitpick a bit. Um, but overall, I thought that there were um, good plot points, good pacing. Uh, I really actually enjoyed getting to see the world of Wakanda. I, I, could, I could really see how a African nation that had developed secretly basically uh, in isolationism had gone from like tribal Africa into the postmodern world in um, I thought that was really intriguing I kept wanting to be like I want to know more about just how they got here I want to know the right. political story <laughs> right as opposed to like oh the superhero thing that's great but I, I want to know like the house of cards version of what you're asking wakanda. for is the star wars prequels about wakanda no that's, that's what i heard that's not what i said you want to talk I about would, the directing editing and cinematography yeah i would for a bit um so i believe ryan coogler directed this um and the dp was rachel morrison who got her first oscar nom and asc nomination this year for mudbound mm -hmm. um first time a woman's ever got either one of those yes it is which is which crazy. Is, which is really crazy. Um, and I read in an interview that she'd never done a visual effects heavy piece before. Um, so as far as that's concerned, mad well props yes. um, for a first outing on a major um, green screen VFX film. Not bad. Yeah. Um, there were some set pieces that I really enjoyed. Uh, the casino one in the beginning... Uh, with the, the fight sequence. I thought that was really interesting. I wish it would have been uh, directed a little bit cleaner, uh, wider, because I felt like the, all the action interact. Now, granted, there was a one long take that in was the middle amazing. of it. It was gorgeous. Uh, but when in, we weren't in that take, I felt a little disoriented. So I think mm -hmm. the editing and directing was just a little choppy there. Yeah, I, I was going to come back to that. Um, but on the whole, I'd say that it didn't feel like a Marvel movie because they've kind of got the same color palette of, of late. A lot of their movies have seen the same up until um, Thor, Ragnarok. They've mm -hmm. started to finally get away from that kind of gray, washed-out color that I really despise. Blue, the blue-gray. Um, and they started having a lot of yellows, uh, which we don't see very often, and kind of purples and brighter reds. colors and reds, reds yeah. um i was very happy with the look and the production design like you were saying mm -hmm. it it feels like there's a world there and there's a culture and it developed completely it doesn't just feel like they just decided this looks cool and threw it in there um so i thought the the thought behind the visuals and everything was was very good mm. um and some really good performances too um on, on the whole, I thought that a lot of these characters were were deep without having to say that they were. 
I felt like there was internal struggle in many of these characters that was brought out through very on the on point acting um, without having to physically say their emotions right which bothers the crap out of me showing not telling finally indeed let's talk a little bit about the cast um, there is obviously this is the most diverse cast that we've seen with regards to uh, a Marvel movie, but maybe a Disney movie, but maybe like any big blockbuster uh, ever. I would, I would agree. Um, I think the only two white male characters that we see uh, have any kind of screen time are uh, Schmeagel and Bilbo Baggins. I, I'm sorry, Martin Freeman and Andy Serkis. <laughs> you could call them the token white people of uh, this movie. I saw that joke on Twitter the other day. I'm sorry. Uh, all right. So we have uh, some really great newcomers who have uh, come. Uh, Lapita uh, Nyong. Nyong'o? Yeah. I'm sure I'm going to butcher half of these names. Uh, I saw her originally in 12 Years a Slave. Mm-hmm. And what mm-hmm. was just like floored. Her performance was just Agreed. incredible. And she brings it in this movie as well. I thought she did a great job. Uh, Danae. Uh, Guria, I believe, or uh, Guerrera. I have no clue. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, she uh, also did an excellent job, um, and I thought the balance of m- characters spending time on them equally and going in, in depth and giving each person a, a motivation for the most part, not always, mm-hmm. um, but it's hard to do in in a big movie like this, usually you can pick like one or two people that you're going to follow. Um, but I thought all of these did an excellent job. Yeah. I'd say that, um, they actually did some fairly decent character development on a lot of the supporting cast, which is something that you don't often see, especially in a superhero movie. Um, not only did we get black Panther and his sister and his mother, um, and the bad guy, but we got several bad guys that have motivations, and mm-hmm. a lot of the Wakandan guard and uh, supporting cast that you got there not only got motivations, but they got a little bit of backstory and kind of personal subplots that, that had to endure the conflict of the movie as well, which I thought added a lot of um, kind of weight to this world. It mm-hmm. makes you feel like it's not just happening to the hero. Yeah. Uh, can we actually be excited for poor Andy Serkis, who finally got to be a real person in the film? Yes. After being in the uh, the Planet of the Apes trilogy and Lord of the Rings trilogy. And I would like to point out that his South African accent is on point. It's I know really a couple South Africans, and that was very good. So he's very talented, and I feel like nobody nobody knows. <laughs> uh, Daniel uh Kalua Kalua, Mm -hmm. um, from Get Out. If anyone has seen Get Out, uh, you'll know that he was just inspired in that movie. Just incredible. And if you if you don't know if you like horror movies or you're like definitely not that kind of person, uh, I'm not a big horror movie fan. uh, But I found Get Out incredibly enjoyable. Uh, It's suspenseful. It's only jumpy at a couple times. uh, Nothing crazy, and it's incredible social commentary with. uh, Daniel leading the way in his breakout film, what I think will be considered his breakout film. Let's go ahead and jump over to what we hated. What are, what are things that we wish were different? Let's just take a couple minutes. 
So let's just recognize right off the bat that this movie is going to have to deal with the issue of racism. Otherwise, it's it's going to be hailed as racist for not talking about it. If you have a cast like this and you don't mention it at all, people are going to feel left out. So I understand that that's a topic, and I understand that it's a major motivator for the enemy in this film. It comes up. It's not always directly... It's never referred to as racism. Right. Straight out of the gate. But you can recognize the cultural issues to which he's pointing mm-hmm. in his motivations. Mm-hmm. And you're talking about Michael B. Jordan's character. I am talking about Killmonger, Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. Um, and I will say, it does date this movie a little bit. When you look back on this, you're going to be able to tell from the era in which it came. I don't think right now it's going to cause any issue for the next, you know, 10, 15 years. But in the future, I think it will... But isn't that okay? ...be a sign. I'm not saying it's a negative thing, per se. I'm just saying that it will be a very obvious tell as to what era of American cinema that this came out in. I would say that's true about most of the Marvel movies, though. If we just kind of examine Iron Man... Uh, was kind of like a post 9-11 movie and w- and then we've kind of slid into when we got to civil not civil war uh, I'm sorry uh, winter soldier political yeah espionage like yeah. a lot of hey everyone's spying on us the government is like out to basically control every aspect of our lives and so I think like that is a reflection of our society and every movie in, in a way is like that um, man I just I think that that's part of any type of entertainment. Like you write a book, uh, like Born Identity uh, by Robert Ludlum is very much a product of its time, and obviously it's been adapted to screen. Uh, but the book itself, like, feels very Cold War esque, and because it was. Yes, um, I'll agree. I just think that this one is more on the nose as regards to how much it has to do with the actual plot and motivations that's fair um and I felt like the filmmakers didn't actually know where they stood on that issue um based upon how they handled the interactions between the main character and um Killmonger between them because they give arguments for both sides but those arguments never come up in the same conversation they're given throughout the movie Mm -hmm. and they're never given in opposition to each other and I don't know if that's just because they didn't Do you find... want to lay out some of those arguments real quick? Like, it just paraphrase yeah. briefly so for the audience. So, basically, Killmonger's argument is that um, African-Americans... Well, African-Americans are the specific, but Africans all over the globe are the mm-hmm. general that he refers to, have been oppressed. Mm-hmm. And his position, how he thinks this should be solved, is that he believes that Wakanda should give technology to Africans all around the world and help them defeat their captors. Mm-hmm. Their, uh, they make a joke the entire time. Um, colonizers, they call them, mm-hmm. is anyone that's not African. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Black Panther, at first, is still an isolationist, mm-hmm. like the other Wakandans before him, his father, all the way back. Um, and over the course of the movie, he comes to decide that Wakanda should be helping people outside of Wakanda with 
money and resources and to respond in kind right essentially i think is the extremism of killmonger is what makes him the villain not necessarily his philosophy right but the way he goes about like achieving the end is what's negative not necessarily the view he holds instead of asking for reconciliation he's asking for domination um which justice he might say he he would spin in a different direction yes Um, and it's it's pointed out in the movie that the argument against this is by doing this, you become the thing that mm-hmm. you wanted to destroy. Right. Which happens very often. That's a that's a theme that we see in many movies and in real life. Yeah. And that's a very real problem that it's very hard to see your way out of when you're in that situation. So he probably just doesn't understand that, and that's okay. The argument against that that they use, that you become the thing you hate, is not... I don't believe it's even spoken to him in the movie. It's spoken by one of the main characters to one of the side characters. Um, and the the opposing view that we need to help and reconcile, but we don't need to create more conflict is never justified against his position. They each get their time to speak, but the arguments never directly oppose each other. Mm. And I don't know if that was a conscious choice or not. And so that's what bothered me because each argument is let hang without a response. Yeah. Um, I think so viewers interpretation here. um, I think there are two reasons for that. One uh, optimistically, maybe because we haven't resolved it in our culture. Like I I, I think, I think that's a fair reading of, hey, we still have to deal with this as a culture. So just like the Wakandans, uh, we as Americans are in the middle of a, a really tension-filled uh, war of ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so there's still like reconciliation, justice happening um, because there's injustice and still people at odds with each other. So we're in the middle of this same decision that Wakanda. And making. I see that. But as far as a storytelling for sure, me, sure. I'd really like to see the argument, the thesis, and the antithesis, mm-hmm. antithesis next to each other. Sure. Because it makes, it makes the idea and the conflict... Have more gravity. Have more gravity and easier to understand. Yeah. So you don't have to pick apart from the first 20 minutes and apart from the last 20 minutes and decide that those are the opposing views. Right. It's very hard to remember that kind of information when you have so much developing in between. Um, so that's that's a really nitpicky thing as far as structure. I'm not really going to say an opinion upon which is better, but sure. I, I would have just liked to see them face each other head on. So, so real quick, the more cynical response to that is maybe Disney couldn't let them get away with that. Possibly. With something more, more uh, prima facie. Uh, I think that might be... It, That's it fair. They might have had to walk around more, things yeah, to be able to make it not just a political piece, because right. then it becomes too polarizing. And I think where they landed was, uh, it's obviously economically perfect because uh, it's one of the, the biggest openings of all time slash uh, definitely the biggest opening in a, a February release. Oh, there, for sure. So. Beat out Marvel themselves and Fox mm-hmm. for Deadpool. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. So last last closing thoughts last closing thoughts i think this is a very good movie and the whole time i was wondering i wonder what these characters will be like next to all the other characters that i know i'm very excited to see wakanda truly interact with the outside world now that we are going to have all of the avengers and the politics of the avengers universe come (laughs) in they go from isolationist to globalists in a matter of one movie 
it's going to be insane and it's going to be a very hard challenge um but if they can rise to it i think it will be an absolutely amazing spectacle um to be able to see this really cool fleshed out culture Mm -hmm. step into that universe will make it just that much more rich Mm -hmm. and this is something that we really haven't seen at all and i can't wait my closing thought is uh i thought this was a great marvel piece and uh, a good movie overall in general uh, it gives me hope that the Captain Marvel movie uh, will be good because right now we have this is our first African American or technically African superhero That's and true. Um, I thought it was really solid I, I hope that the first like female led superhero movie from Marvel will have just as much gravity just as much character development just as much like work put into it to create a good story and a a person that we can cheer for and also like cry with and also just uh, want to continue to follow alrighty alright well thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Projected Opinions podcast Uh, tune in next week for our review of Annihilation we're both really excited about it indeed sci-fi is back 